Welcome, friends, to the What Do You Know podcast series. Friends, we are at episode 11, and so today I hope you are blessed by the conversation that we will be having. Hello, friends, and welcome to the What Do You Know podcast. Guys, this has been an awesome experiment just to talk to different ministry leaders and people that are invested in student ministry. Friends, the goal of this podcast is to give all of you as busy youth workers, youth pastors, youth volunteers a break. And just to remember why we got into youth ministry in the first place. I mean, if you guys aren't living underneath a rock, you'll realize that doing ministry in a pandemic is hard. And I just want us to remember why we got into ministry in the first place, because we didn't start in the middle of a pandemic. If you did start, more power to you. But this is something that I want us to remember that we can have life in ministry and remember why we got into it. So today we are joined by another awesome person that has invested into the lives of students. Welcome, Pastor Tim. What's up? Welcome to the What Do You Know podcast, my friend. Glad to be here. Nice. So my friend, what do you do on a daily basis? Like, Give us the basic rundown of what it is Pastor Tim does. Well, I'm a pastor, so I only work one day a week. Um, that's Sunday, obviously. So, oh my goodness! Don't start. No, um, yeah. So I'm the I'm the lead pastor of the Fulton Church of the Nazarene uh, here uh, in upstate New York, in Fulton, New York, uh, right outside of Syracuse. I just started here right around May, May-ish, and so I'm the lead pastor here. And what I do on a daily basis is I make a lot of phone calls. I do a lot of work sitting right here at this desk. I, I like to get out into my community the best that I can with my face mask on. I just love people. Go to different stores. I'm trying right now to find intentional stores that I can learn as many employee names as possible to just be a pleasant person and invest in people's lives that way. That's important. Like, oh my goodness. I remember growing up, my youth pastor taking time to learn the name of every person that worked in the pizza joint that we ate pizza at. Right. For youth group. And it was insane to see and hear some people's reactions to someone taking time to learn their name. There were people in that shop that were, I don't want to say against the church. They just didn't think they would ever want to be a part of it. And right. they would come out in the middle of their shift along with the owner and saying, hey, can you pray for us in this way? And I'm like watching this confused as a teenager, but looking back and hearing what you're saying right now, it reminds me how intentional we need to be. I mean, that's a reality, Caleb, is that is our actual job as Christians. So right now, what we decided as our church to evolve our mission statement. And so we created a new mission statement and the mission statement is in engage, encourage, and equip. And so like what that means is we're looking at, to me, um, Romans 12 in general. Like, so the whole passage, Paul, whoever decided to write Romans, I think there's like some confusion about who actually wrote Romans, but who cares? In chapter 12, they lay out virtually a blueprint, a roadmap to Christian living. And so, I mean, he walks through salvation to how we use our gifts, to how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to love. And so like when we talk about engagement, that comes right out of Matthew. You know, this great commission sends us out. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and bringing them into the fold. So like engagement is knowing our community and loving our community 
and being in the midst of it because that's the reality. Because church obviously happens outside the walls in a pandemic, out of a pandemic, in the middle of it, right around it, riding the waves of pandemics. It doesn't matter. People are still there and, and people need to know that they're cared about. So we engage them. And so I go to different stores and again, just try to learn the names because they're already the stores that I go to all the time. So why shouldn't I know their name? Why shouldn't I know their family? And so, so we engage. Next step would be encourage. Why? Who doesn't want to be encouraged? Like who doesn't want to know that they are actually cherished and loved? can't name very many people and equip is and so like we are encouraging we're engaging encouraging and the equipping side is hopefully we can get them in our church one day and if they already go to a church awesome the goal is to equip people to be able to be sent out and go do it all over again that's awesome so now tim I know your story, but none of our listeners know your story. So what got you into youth ministry or ministry in the first place? Well, like, it's unique. Uh, my, my family are first-generation Nazarenes, okay? More or less first-generation churchgoers as well. So my parents... Um, when I was when I was born, they when they were just they just got married and I was born, um, needed to find a daycare, right? And, and so they were looking around. We lived in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, and we went through a couple different little daycares and things like that because like, I was a pretty awful little child, you know. And like, and finally, my 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 mother finds one at the uh, Lansdale Church of the Nazarene, and and she could work there, and I could attend there, and so we started doing that and going. And then the pastor there, who I believe was on your podcast recently. Um, Dave Bowser was the pastor there and he's the, uh, he's the mid-Atlantic Washington for some of your old heads, um, superintendent, district superintendent. And, and so Dave Bowser and his wife invested in my parents in an unbelievable way. They just started inviting them to church. And so finally they did. And my parents were the youngest people at this church by like 25 years. And so like I was the sole child for a while in the children's ministry and so like what would happen is it would just pass me down the aisle and um and so i guess you could call it from there is history and i just did the whole church thing i lived a pretty reckless life in, in my we'll call it my junior high and senior high years um but i certainly um i found god he never stopped seeking me I I found him in a way that was real. Even though I had grown up in a church atmosphere, I did my own thing. And, and I found him and um, felt called to ministry. And I felt called to youth ministry. Um, and ministry at that point was, for me, in that youth ministry model. And I went to Eastern Nazarene College, developed and honed my, my call to ministry. Uh, worked at a number of camps, from Camp Taconic to Mount Lawn Camp. Just I, I did camp ministry, and I love, love, love camp ministry, and and served different ways like that. I interned with the Bethel Church of the Nazarene with Matt Thomas, and just served in in different youth ministry forms that way, and ended up taking my first church right out of college in Cape May, New Jersey. I uh, was a youth pastor there, and then I left there and was a youth pastor in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Left there after a little while, was a youth pastor for about five years in uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 
So that's where I honed and developed that that call and that practice of youth ministry. I um, was the district president for all the years that I was in Lancaster for the Philadelphia district. And so that's what I mean. I just fell in love with it. I love working with students. I love working with people. I really love just sharing Jesus because he's radically changed my life. And I, I know for a fact he can do it to anybody and everybody. Awesome, man. So if you could sit down and write a letter to yourself when you first started, I don't know, investing in youth oh, ministry, bro. first year in full-time ministry, what would that letter say? It's okay. Not again. I'm not really like letter stuff. I'm like a, I'm like a post-it note guy. And like, just like good phrases, but like, it would be, it's okay. When I first got into, like beyond internships, beyond that, when like, it was like a paid role. I also, I forgot, I also spent some time, and this is where Caleb and I met on the Mid-Atlantic District, and I worked with the uh, Frederick First Church of the Nazarene in Frederick, Maryland. And, and again, yeah, that's where, I, that's where I met Caleb, right, as this wild young student. And um, I, was, but, I was the definition of drink all the caffeine in the room. I appreciated Caleb's it. energy. I put it that way. Say that again? I appreciated your energy. You're the only one to say that. Well, I didn't have to deal with you full time, so. <laughs> and um and you were at the Hagerstown church, right? No, York Stone Meadow. That's right. And all throughout I mean, high school. I knew that. I'm a dummy. My bad. And so so what was it, so the question was what would I write? Uh, again, it would be it's okay. When I started in full-time ministry, I felt like there were things that I needed to prove because you're an adult with a job and you're looking after teenagers. And like, so you want to be both cool to the students and responsible to adults. And so it's a, it's a fine line to try to navigate that kind of stuff. And, and so I spent a lot of time, I feel like trying to prove myself where I could have been focusing on self-care and realizing that it will be okay because God is going to move. Yeah, that's awesome. So with all that being said, what keeps you motivated in ministry right now? Man, so again, I'm, I'm brand new into this lead pastoral stuff, and I've been taking time really on self-care. Self-care is something that I studied and I'm trying to be, I continue to try to be more active in, in practicing, like taking time with my family, really being intentional about Sabbath. Uh, you can ask my, uh, my people here in Fulton, New York, and unless you are really hurting, probably not picking up the phone because self-care is very, very important. And so those are some of those things that I use to, to energize myself, um, being in the word, um, learning, you know, not just what I'm going to be preaching on on that Sunday, but just being intentional and being in the word mm -hmm. and allowing it to be what the word is, living word and, and be alive. Yeah, man. So you touched on it there briefly. How do you avoid burnout? You said being intentional with your Sabbath. Like, is there anything else uh, revolving around avoiding burnout that you do? So my hobbies are aquarium keeping. And, um, and so like, again, I in my practices of self-care, it's a proven thing that if you stare at a fish tank for 20 minutes, you become like 20% less stressed in your life. It's just a proven, you can look it up. It's on Google somewhere, so it must be true. You know? And, uh, and <laughs> those are some of those things that I like to do. And, and again, just be outside, garden, things like that. But uh, burnout is real, when, especially in this pandemic time. And it's not it's not special. Like this pandemic just creates new different 
um, ways of stress and things like that. But, uh, but really navigating the waters of going, what are the things that provide life to me? And so I don't entirely focus on all of my life giving things, but like on those, on those particular days and, and those moments when I have my downtime and things like that, like I want to provide things and surround myself in, with things in my life that will give me life. So those are some of the ways. And again, I've been here only since May. And so as an extrovert, I like being around people, but like I'm a weird extrovert that also loves his alone time. And so it's like, it's all weird stuff, but just finding the things that give me life has been very helpful in burnout. Nice. So my friend, uh, we talked about this a little bit last night in kind of preparation for this podcast, but are there any books, resources that you would recommend for like a lifelong learning thing uh, <laughs> as pastors? Uh, I know some people are going to be laughing at this question, but as pastors, we need to continue learning and continuing to find new nuggets of knowledge to help us be better equipped to serve our students. So, yeah. So right now on Facebook, if you're part of the church of the Nazarene, this is a place called the discipleship place, literally called the discipleship place. It's a page on Facebook and uh, denominationally, you can check it out. There's all sorts of webinars that some are great and some have been very helpful. Honestly, I spent a lot of good time on YouTube. If you know how to search and you know, Google and YouTube are, are excellent sources uh, for things. YouTube has become the new Google in a way. Um, and it's just been, it's been good. You can watch all, uh, different sermons from different people. Uh, following different podcasts, things like that. Now, when Caleb spoke about books, I, I giggle with him. I, I, again, I've been here since May. We're, we're in the middle of a building campaign right now type of scenario where, where I have a new office. So I haven't been able to unpack any of my books because I don't have room. Like, I just don't have room to do it. So like, but I, I think it's important to obviously be checking out your commentaries and, and doing your research in preparation for what you're going to speak on. But man, I'm telling you, I, I have found all sorts of great, great resources just all over the internet um, and being able to watch, being able to tune in that way. And again, some of those things get to give you life. So some people love to read. Some people love to watch. I'm a person that loves to watch. Relatable. I understand that. So my friend, I think we already talked a little bit about this, but What's giving you life right now? What is exciting you? Could be your fish tanks or it could be ministry related. Um, fish tanks give me life. Ministry related. Uh, I said we're, we're in the middle of a building campaign and I, I'm loving it. My people here in Fulton, they bless my heart, man. They let me for the first time hop on an excavator. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why. I just was like, they had the excavator out and I was like, yo, Yo, you should let me do that. And they're like, of course, pastor. And I'm like, <laughs> and so I ripped down a wall. They Why said, here's a section of the that? building that has to come down. And I said, I think I can do that. Okay. Who gave you the keys is my question. And I will be contacting them. Can't I can't relay that name. Just know that people from my church allowed me on an excavator. That is terrifying. One of, days, one of the best days of my life. That is terrifying i i kind of want to watch you do it pretty great just being outside going fishing things like that spending time with my family at times can be very life-giving mm. um it's really hot out 
right now it's summer and I'm not going to complain because again like Pastor Caleb and I we both live in upstate New York and like when we can get sunshine we take the sunshine winter is coming yeah winter (laughs) winter is coming and it will be cold it will be cold so with all that being said what sort of advice would you give to youth workers and youth pastors and youth volunteers today you know, I, I would say I don't envy you right now. I don't because I, I know it's hard enough as, as a lead pastor navigating all the waters, especially during quarantine, especially during pandemic going, what do we do and how much can we honestly sit in front of the computer? My back hurts from sitting in front of the computer and like on Zoom. And so I'd say don't envy that challenge right now. Um, but advice I would say is this is an incredible time for self-care. It's an incredible time to really invest in yourself. Do the best that you can. And I think that it's okay. And I, and I would encourage lead pastors as well who have their youth staff to go, listen, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't have the same numbers that you had in the past, it's okay. This is a great time for us. Uh, you know, if you have staff, and you're a part of the staff to be investing in your team, to just be encouraging each other, um, all that kind of stuff. I think it's like critically important right now because we have an opportunity to just slow down. Unfortunately, and fortunately, we as not just like Americans, we as a culture in general have a very hard time practicing Sabbath. What if, and just what if the Lord has forced a Sabbath upon the church? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, like, I'm not tying that together with scripture. I'm not, like, prophesying. I'm just saying, like, what if the Lord is going, yo, would you honor the Sabbath? Would you slow down and appreciate that I am good and I have done the work? So that would be, I mean, that's all kind of a roundabout way of saying that. That would be advice. Self-care, it's going to be okay. So with all that being said, I just got to say thank you. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Thank you for pouring into the lives of students. And I just want to ask you, how can we be praying for you in these next days? Keep praying for uh, for me and the uh, Fulton Church as we just do the thing. We love our community. We're trying to finish this building campaign. We're, uh, we're doing our, our best to, to live out our mission statement, to engage, to encourage, and to equip. Be praying for my family. Uh, like I said, I, I think I might have said, uh, I don't know. My wife is expecting, my wife and I are expecting uh, 23, something like that, weeks. Uh, another little girl, that means I got four girls, and that's a lot of girls. So you, you pray for me. Yeah, me. And uh, yeah, things along that stuff, man. And I'm praying for the district, I'm praying for the upstate district, praying for all sorts of people. So there's a way to pray for me. Um, I just keep praying for the people who invested in my life. I'm thankful for them. Yeah. So with that being said, let's go to the Father in prayer as we kind of wrap up our time here. Lord, thank you for today, first of all. Thank you for the opportunity to meet together and talk about ministry and just to kind of laugh and have a little bit of fun. Lord, thank you for the ways that you are blessing us. Thank you for the ways that you are making a way for your church in these days. Lord, you know they're hard. Lord, you know a lot of us are struggling with trying to stay 
focused and energized and excited about ministry when we can't see our people. So Lord, I just want to say thank you for making a way. Lord, thank you for Pastor Tim's church. Thank you for the ways that they are able to have this building campaign in the midst of a pandemic. Lord, thank you for the ways that his church is growing and just taking the next step of faith. Lord, I want to take time to pray for Pastor Tim and his wife as they have three girls and they're expecting another one. Lord, thank you for the blessing of life. Thank you for the excitement that that brings. But Lord, I pray you'd be with them every step of the way as they just enter this new phase of life with a house of four girls. Lord, I also want to take some time to pray for our district. Pray for the upstate district as we are in the midst of a leadership change. Lord, I want to pray for the leadership that's searching for our district superintendent. Lord, I also want to take time to pray for Kevin and just say thank you for the ways that he has invested in our lives as the upstate district. Thank you for him. Lord, I prayed you'd be with him. Lord, I want to just thank you for all the people that have invested in our lives. Lord, we can't say it enough, but we wouldn't be here without those people investing in us and asking the hard questions and pushing and just saying, are you following God's will for your life? And are you really striving to be like him every day? And so Lord, as we look back, I know I want to say thank you for the ways that Tim has invested in me, for the ways he has just helped me pursue this call in ministry. Lord, for that, I am grateful. And I just want to say thank you for the people that have invested in him and in his ministry. Lord, it's with open hands and open heart. We just want to say, Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace that you freely give to us every day. Lord, thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you, Pastor Tim, for joining us on another episode of What Do You Know? Friends, take time and re-listen to this if you need to, because there's some pretty awesome stuff that we talked about in here. Friends, Remember, God is with us. He will sustain us. He will guide us. Take time to remember why you got into ministry. Don't just let it be a task list. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes where I have everything written down. I'm like, I need to get this done and this done and this done. And then I lose sight of what really is important. So friends, take time, remember, and just ask God, what do I really need to be doing today? All right, friends, I will talk to you later. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Join us next week for another great conversation with another ministry leader. Have a great week.